0: I'm Brad I'm Scott
1: this is curiosity
0: and we're here with Catherine and what's fun about this is that Catherine I don't even know your last name uh which is which happens often on the show is we just kind of roll in and uh Catherine's here and Catherine uh drove in from Austin to come be on the show with us which is awesome and uh we're gonna jump into a whole bunch of different topics uh none of which I know exactly all of what they are, but but Catherine brought these goodie bags for us. And so I've got like a pretty good idea of like some of the areas that we're going to explore. Uh Catherine's involved in a number of different businesses. And so we're going to talk a bit about that. Um but uh would love to just sort of like cannonball in and just kind of you know the the theme of the show is curiosity and kind of the role that that plays in your life. Um what are some of the things that you're most curious about right now?
2: Oh, that is a wonderful question. And uh, just before we jump in, kudos to y'all for for developing a platform and just getting going with podcasting to have conversations like this with people. So just a thank you before no, we thank start. You. Thank you. Um, so where curiosity has played a role in my life, I think you know I've been in about a seven year transformational period in my life. Um, And as I've gotten, I just turned 40 and it was lovely. Um, I'm so happy to be here and so grateful to have accomplished living for four decades.
1: Um,
2: But where, you know, kind of where that's put me in this place in life right now is I've, I've been able to have at least a four decade longitudinal look at how curiosity at different points in my life mixed with a desire to follow my intuition, even though I wasn't always great at it, maybe, um, have really transformed my life and taken me to places and put me in situations that I never would have been able to plan or expect. But that's given me a real reverence for how life can work when you honor curiosity and then just kind of pull the string on, on things that, you know, make you curious and then see where that goes. Um, so where I am right now, where that kind of is relevant is, um, two years ago, I bought a little piece of land in, in West, West Texas. It's definitely West of here. Um, because I wanted to give my mother a place to kind of retire one day and she's not out there yet, but I had just, um, my family's from a very small town in in South Carolina. And so summers growing up, we always would drive. my mom would round up all the cousins in Texas, and there were many. And just whoever would fit in the car, we would all drive out to South Carolina and hang out on my grandpa's farm that he had grown up on. Like our family didn't always own that land, but they had been in that little area of South Carolina since the late seventeen hundreds just like poor. Farmers, you know, literally living on what they could grow. Mm. And so, you know, while my grandfather was the last person to actually be a farmer for, you know, like their livelihood, um, you know, he later went into the Air Force and, you know, was in World War II and had a crazy life. Um, and he's still alive. He's an ID... Oh, wow. <laughs> um, he's he's hey, a he wild grandpa man. Grandpa on the
1: show. He's a,
2: <laughs> yeah. oh yes, like he he still runs three miles every other couple days. Wow. Uh, he's like outlived everyone he knows, and yeah, he's just he's a wild man, a true Sweet. character. But and, and awesome. he plays a looming role in my life. Um, you know, just you know, someone who has that much character and has seen so much. But as a child being able to kind of every every year have this huckleberry finn style experience every summer with my cousins where you know my great grandmother until she passed in the the mid 90s she was a farmer her whole life you know and and there were when they were my grandparents were growing up they had almost no money you know the only thing they bought at the store was like salt flour and sugar and everything else she grew in the garden and and on the farm and you know my grandpa like literally picked cotton until he you know when he was not in school until he got drafted and went to the war yeah. um and so i was able to see her lifestyle which you know even though he was able to provide for her in her later years she still had a garden until the day she died and so she knew the seasons she knew um you know what crops worked and didn't and then she canned things you know like
1: yeah, yeah.
2: to eat not not cuz it was pinterest cute no <laughs> no shame in that i mean i i do that now but um <laughs> we also would see our family graveyard so you know like mm. it was just interesting to kind of go back and forth between like modern texas suburbany style life and then go back to this very rural place that was 25 minute minutes away from any kind of store. And when you were there, you were just there doing it. And there was no internet in those days. And it was like, you know, the coolest piece of technology we had was a rusty go-kart. Um <laughs> and that that was a whole that's a whole nother rabbit hole. But uh so, you know, just I think as I've grown into an adult and we now live in this modern technologically rich world where you really can look into any curiosity we have. Um, I kind of always had this pull back to this historical view of knowing that, you know, I could walk 10 minutes into the woods and go to my great, great grandmother's house where it was in the middle of pine woods. And, you know, I didn't even want to be there as a modern person, you know, thinking like, oh, wow, when they were alive, like they made medicine from the plants that were around like and, and you know, if you you really had to take care of your body because there was no doctor down the street or anything like people living really close to the land Um, and, and the graveyard, not to be morbid, but it was just kind of a funny, interesting symbol because everyone in our family for the last like 200 years is is in the dirt there. And then you see, you know, graves of, of children who only lived a couple days. There's like a whole baby grave section. Then there's all the people who died in the Spanish flu epidemic. So that was interesting as COVID was happening to be like, yeah, I have had conversations pre-COVID with my grandfather about, even though he was born in the 20s, so 10 years before that happened, but he knew stories from his grandmother of, you know, one out of every four people in the community died due to the Spanish flu. And you could see there was a lot of graves from like 1917, 18.
1: Yeah, because um, yeah, it was 1918, right? When the Spanish flu hit. Something about around there. It,
0: it hit it was a, a couple of calendar years. Well, there was kind of like wave big, one and then it like really yeah. like hit that kind of second.
1: I believe there were five hundred million people affected, and I think over fifty million died. Yeah. I mean, it I was mean something yeah, like that. Uh, I I'm, I need to fact check that, but it was I, I know it was they were very large numbers. Huge. So, yeah. You
2: know, and and that was before I mean the flu's a virus, so penicillin I mean, wouldn't I, help, but fact check so <laughs> check myself right now. <laughs> but you know, just just um A great respect for the fragility of life, but also the durability of the human spirit to just like survive. Um, And so I kind of always just had this, you know, I never thought I would be going back to a farming lifestyle Mm. because- that that really is if you don't have like, something you
0: visited, it wasn't something yeah, that you lived. necessarily. No.
2: And, and right. we didn't get out in the fields, even no. though there was always a garden, there was always, you know, my grandpa leased the rest of the land because he, he he was already old when I was, um, you know, a young person. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but he's still I mean, uh, he's fallen off roofs and been struck by lightning and he's nothing, you know, he's going to have to. Get hit by a bus to to be taken out. Sounds like that's but, not even going to take. No, over. I don't. Know, who knows? Yeah, it might.
1: So your grandpa is Superman. Awesome. <laughs> glad we've established that. A crazy, we know, crazy. And his name's Clark Kent. It's totally fine. <laughs>
2: his it's name great. is Carl Brunson, and he is a force. That's for sure. But that's um, amazing. Yeah. So so you know, I so you know I got into did did the the thing. Went to school like everyone's told to do. Got a corporate job. I never really thought. My creativity could be what paid the bills as I was growing up, Mm. Um, which is is fine because I then went into the corporate world and did, you know, about 20 years in consulting. But I'll say I'm so grateful to consulting for all it taught me and all the skills I learned and people I met and wonderful people I got to work with. But I knew that that was not going to be something I wanted to retire from. Mm -hmm. So I kind of always was just like... What is gonna be my my thing? You know, as I'm, you know, a young young consultant getting going in the game, um, and I didn't know for years. So I was just kind of in that wish wash, you know, washing machine in my brain of, you know, I I understand the value of this industry, but it it's not it's not for my soul. But it, it was an amazing learning experience. So in about 2013. Um, I decided I just had to hang it up. So I went back to grad school and got started working on a degree in family therapy. But I moved, and I moved back to Texas. And then I got a job, I was still working at the time, where, judge, judge, uh, here, don't mind me. no worries, <laughs> where everyone worked from home. And this was 2013, so it was kind of before the work from home flood that we all yeah. experienced during COVID.
0: When you say you moved back to Texas, where were you at? I was
2: in Washington, D.C. So I okay. spent seven years in D.C really loved just the culture and the international community um and all the people you could meet there but as a texan winter did not agree with me and I really wanted to get out of I anywhere it. where it snowed even though washington washington dc winters are very mild compared to the <laughs> further north you go. So, um, I moved home. I was it can li- still
1: get pretty, it
2: was, you know, it can there was
1: get pretty gnarly yeah, here in DC. <laughs> there was
2: a lot of shows, snow shoveling that I, I didn't like. Uh, but you know, it, it was just time that cycle of life was over. So I came back to Texas. I moved home with my dad cause I was working full time and I had a dog who's still, still with me. He turns 18 next month. Um, And I was doing school full time. So I was kind of running myself ragged. But then I got a job where they were like, yeah, I don't care where you live. Like Mm. it's open door policy, working from home. And I just decided I needed to just kind of like go for broke and pause grad school and move abroad because I I didn't know when I was ever going to get that opportunity again. Yeah. So I moved to Mexico City first, oh, wow. and because I'd always wanted to learn Spanish, and I'd been trying on my own, but I never got that immersive opportunity. Um, I'd spent a year living in Japan in high school as like a straight up exchange student, which was crazy—whole um, nother topic. But so, and I went back in college for a semester. But but Japan wasn't going to be like my you know life path, although I learned an immense amount from the culture and the amazing host family that took me in and that was a whole nother wild story but so I moved to Mexico City and I was just by myself just figuring my way out trying to learn Spanish working at the same time Um, but I had had some other friends that I had met through traveling uh, from Tel Aviv and they were like if you're looking for a place to go next on your little wild jaunt around the world and you're interested in beaches you might want to check out tel aviv and Hmm. so you know i was like yes i yes please so after about four months in mexico city that was kind of my next destination so i just went back to texas packed up my stuff and booked an airbnb for a month or something in tel aviv and i was only expecting to stay a month or something that turned into two and a half years um amazing yeah. And so this is all just like curiosities were the things that kind of made these small decisions turned out to be things that impacted my life for these a very long time. After Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and I'll get back to how the idea of like nature and, and being immersed in that as a child um, really kind of loops into what's relevant in my life now. And it turns out it was relevant the whole time. I just didn't have the perspective to kind of like keep the spotlight on it throughout. Um, But so moved to Tel Aviv, I expect to stay only a month. And then because it's such a dynamic city and there are people from all over the world there, and it's a transient city because you have people who who move in kind of like a New York or a DC where it is easy to make a friend group like fast. So within two weeks, I was like, I had friends, and I was like, what? This is crazy. <laughs> I'm integrated already. <laughs> I have people to go to dinner with. And so um, I just loved the vibe. I just it was a fascinating place to learn about history, to just ask people about their families. And they had these crazy stories of the different parts of the Jewish diaspora that they'd all come from. And so that was so interesting and so new um, mm. to learn about. And so anyway, I stayed for two and a half years. Uh, and about the I think the first bar somebody took me to, I uh, a bartender passed me a shot of of 2 b 60, which is now long story short, the alcohol that I import from Israel. And at the time I was drinking that shot, I surely had no idea that I was one day going to be the person who brought it to the U.S.
0: And for those just listening and not watching, uh, there's a bottle of it sort of uh, over Catherine's left shoulder. Yes. Here.
2: It is the weirdest, craziest bottle of just alcohol. A little product
1: placement here, you know, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, You know, subtle. Check no it out. No big deal. Subtle. No big just deal. there. We may yeah. or may not have to crack it open. Yeah, it's fine.
2: <laughs> it's 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 all for enjoyment. But um, so when I and I don't drink anymore, but when I I was there, I, I definitely did. So you know, well, I- maybe we won't
1: crack it open because I'll be the only one drinking it. <laughs>
2: um, but we you you have one for me. Um, but so you know, it was this herbaceous mystery tornado of just herbs and spices and flavors that I could not put my finger on to save my life. And I was like, is this some ancient mystical brew of like the Silk Road that must be like the ancient drink of Israel or something? Like, I was like, is this Israel's tequila? Like, I have no idea.
1: Honestly, Um, I thought maybe we should open that. The way you're (laughs) explaining this, I mean, you just said herbaceous. I just need to like take a moment to just let that have- some Bread just to have for some here. echo. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm clearly just so it, excited right now. That description was beautiful.
2: Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. I mean, it, it truly is a botanical powerhouse that if you're a sommelier or someone who really can point out flavors, I think it would still be the challenge of your life to kind of put your finger on everything that's in it. So wow. I was just like, what is this? And the bartender, you know, it was loud. He couldn't explain it. Um, but I I really liked it. Um, and and so I kind of asked around. You know, it didn't become an obsession right away or anything, but it was just so interesting that I had to kind of pull the string hmm. on What's what it was. What's the story
0: on this yeah. thing? Like, let's like, this investigate. Is just,
2: you know, n- normal liquor has like, you know, a taste, but it doesn't just explode in your mouth and then kind of like clear your palate. But it, it tastes like um, one fan described it as something your crazy aunt would give you if you had a cold. um and so anyway so when you're five (laughs) exactly
1: that's what the crazy end put babies to sleep with it
2: but uh maybe um, not today it
1: may not be acceptable anymore but once a point in
2: my generation (laughs) that's how my mother would take me on planes but um and that could explain a lot but uh (laughs) so so i you know i was developing this friend group and i was like And I was going out a fair bit because Tel Aviv is a very dynamic city at night. You know, it has the beach um, and that casual casualness of the beach extends to the nightlife. And people are just down to meet each other, you know, like and have real talks like it's not a society where you get stuck in niceties and.
0: and small talk like. seems like a really pragmatic, like yeah. uh I mean we uh, we were chatting before, yeah. it was just there a few weeks ago. Yeah. I was only on the ground for less than 72 hours. Okay. So like but I was crisscrossing Tel Aviv and meeting sort of a, a mix of different cool. people, and it was so I'm just like the scenes of the city are sort of washing over yes. me as you're like describing. It really is just like it's one of the few like capital cities mm-hmm. that's on the beach, yeah, sort of around the world. It's got this totally. really distinctive kind of feature yes. to it, yes, and it's very walkable
2: and and because the city is kind of aligned towards the beach along that you know 2 or 3 mile stretch each beach has its own little like culture there's um you know the dog beach the beach that the young people go to the beach you might go to with your parents but they're all connected and and by a like a really beautiful boulevard where you can ride your bike i mean it's just a very walkable city so yeah, you can take Ubers, but I found myself, you know, meeting for people for dinner on the other side of the city. And it was like a 45 minute walk, but I would just like see all this, you know, old buildings, new buildings. I'm just it was just very, a very interesting place. It's way pay. healthier
1: to walk to than to take the Ubers. Oh, I my think gosh. I lost eight pounds while <laughs> we were in Spain. Yes. Like it was amazing.
2: <laughs> yeah. And the food was even though I ate
1: a ton
2: <laughs> did you like spain for me was like bread cheese and ham so <laughs> your, much jamón
1: yeah i told sky not to interrupt your really beautiful no, story, but the fact you brought it up i told when we first got there i was like give me all it's pronounced jamón right yeah yeah give yeah. me all the jamón i want like every kind and every flavor from yeah. every little farm in right. spain by day 12 i was like babe i know you're gonna like not believe me when i say this but if I see another piece of ham for <laughs> yeah. the next I'm month. Out. <laughs> for the next month like I month like I have a hamon hangover yeah. and I don't think I can handle no, another I've been bite. There. It is yes. phenomenal. Totally. Like I don't know how their ham is so much better than ours but yeah. there's no comparison. No, oh, it was it's insane. so good. But all the food, I mean everywhere we went in Spain, the food was on par with Houston, I think for sure. Oh nice. Which is saying a lot. It is yes. yes. saying a lot. Houston Houston's is food, food is safe. fire.
2: It really We don't play is. with our food. Yeah.
1: Um, so, sorry, back to what no, you were no, saying. No. Just the walkability aspect got me really excited yeah. because I love walkable cities. Totally. And I wish we had that in Houston. It, yeah. I mean, you could walk, but it would not <laughs> it be very smart while. or safe because you might get hit <laughs> or by a scenic. car. Yeah, yeah. It's also not very scenic. Yeah. Like, you're not walking past like a Gaudi <laughs> architecture. No. It's not the same. <laughs>
2: that's one of the cool things about like just dreaming into the future, which is kind of what I want to get around to is, um, is like intentionality mixed with curiosity. Sometimes you don't know what your intention is and your curiosity can lead you to that. Um, but I think in the future, and maybe we can loop back around to this in the future, or in, in, in the future of this podcast, like in 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> S-
1: settling the future. Yeah. <laughs> it counts. Um,
2: but foreshadowing, like designing the future with our intentions. Like I would love to, I would love to, for Americans to have more choices of walkable cities that like have food from farms that aren't far away and and, and all that good stuff. Um, so so like quickly wrapping up the story of, of like how Israel gave me my first successful foray into entrepreneurship was I just kept asking people who created this damn liquor? It's so crazy. <laughs> And it it had this like rumor mill around it that, oh, it's like some guy makes it in his bathtub, like in the (laughs) north of Israel, nobody knows who he is. And, you know, growing up in Austin, I had done a marketing project on uh, Tito's like in college, like close to when Tito's launched. Um, Hmm. And so I knew that, you know, like Tito beverage, you know, created almost like a new market of like craft liquor in, in Texas and in the US. So I was just super curious, like who this guy was, because you, you were starting to see this drink to be at every bar, but it wasn't like I had thought when I tried it, it wasn't a mystical ancient drink. he had only created it in 2012. So after like six months, a, finally, a friend of mine is like, I found him a friend of mine owns a brewery or something in the north of Israel. And I told him that you want to meet him. And, and you know, this is like, how does this even happen? <laughs> Your
1: whole network knows that you're searching out. Yeah, the- yeah,
2: yeah. And there was no, like, grand. The, just, alchemist like, the
1: serendipity here. of the universe. I mean, truly, these beautiful things happen that we can't explain. You're just Super. like, whoa. Yeah. That's cool. So
2: I get a call from him. Like, he called me. And I remember where I was standing in my apartment in Tel Aviv and, you know, like, just full disclosure, like I I have an extrovert, heavy introvert personality. So like sometimes I'm down to beyond, but a lot of times I'm shy. So I just saw my phone ringing and I was like, this is the owner of this company. And my intention was to ask him, has anybody brought it to the US? And if nobody has, could I like take a crack at that? Even though like I'm not, I didn't have a company. I didn't know how to do this. The last time I worked in the uh, you know, restaurant bar industry was when I was a waitress in college. Um, so anyway, I just went for it, and I picked up the phone, and we just got into a conversation. And a couple days later, we had coffee, and one thing led to another. We did
1: you go see him, or did he come? He down? was
2: in Tel Aviv. Um, so he lives in Haifa. His name's Hilal. Um, and shout out to Hilal. Um, and hey, hello. Uh, yeah, rock star, and uh, if you're listening to the this, legend. that's
1: awesome. Yeah, we just went international. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, and so he, he and his brother created this drink, like initially just for their friends in, in Haifa, which is a beautiful city in the north of Israel. And so, you know, they it was intuition based, like they they just came up with this wild mix of herbs that are all from the Mediterranean region. Um, and created this mystical brew. And so the tagline is pure happiness. Like they say it's designed to like they they crafted the mix of herbs to give you like a positive, you know feeling Sensation. when you consume yeah. it. You know, like, I don't want to say positive drunk because you don't need to get drunk to feel the positivity of it. But it's just the most cheerful buzz that I you know, as someone who spent twenty years very intimately involved with alcohol. Um, I can definitely say that it is a cheerful buzz.
1: Um, So, you know, long story short. You are highly qualified (laughs) to explain to be 60.
2: And if you drink it straight, which is kind of how I would do it, you know, like not straight straight only Tubi, but, you know, just with soda water or something simple, not adding <clears throat> a lot of extra sugar or other alcohols. Sometimes I'd be in my apartment in Tel Aviv and I would just put on a Rihanna playlist getting ready and I'd forget to go yes. out because I would have so much fun well, hanging out I mean, with myself. I you had Rihanna on. She, me and First Rihanna. All,
1: yeah. It was you and Rihanna hanging out Yes, over Tubi.
2: Right. Even though in she- Tel
1: In Tel Aviv.
2: <laughs> it's magical.
1: She was definitely there.
2: Yeah in my in my mind her yeah. spirit was her spirit chilling with me.
1: flows through her music yeah. as a matter of fact on the plane ride to spain to, to madrid i listened to rihanna essentials the entire time it was very relaxing and calming made me very happy and umbrella i have such a new appreciation for like i've yeah. always listened to rihanna loosely right. i i love music so like yeah. i'm really into music drake's yeah. like my favorite ever. I quote him all the time. Um, T Swift is up there, and Garth Brooks. I was like my three oh
2: okay humans. Yeah. yeah,
1: very very big fans. And Rihanna, umbrella. Wow, what a special song. I mean, just like never really listened to the words until
2: I'm gonna have this to put trip. that on the in on the yeah. car speakers and when I, I get mean, back.
1: Like she is. It's just so beautiful. Like she's just telling this amazing story about from the metaphor of an umbrella about how like. She is there for her, I, it was like partner, significant other, like dear friend. She didn't I explain know. exactly. Like no matter what comes, like I'm here for you. And it's oh, just I like, oh, it was it was, it was, it was amazing. I told Sky I went Hit right date. afterwards. I was like, babe, wow. Like, Do you
2: feel like you're her umbrella?
1: umbrella? <laughs> like I, maybe, but just like each other's umbrellas, I guess. Yeah. But just incredible to see that, uh, to hear that song in such a new way. I just needed Spain to unleash a different perspective, I guess.
2: These are the kind of things that get me excited for, you know, not not trying to bring this time closer. But um, I feel like our age groups, old folks homes are going to be so lit.
1: Like, (laughs) obviously.
2: Yeah, they're going to have to have maybe
1: the coolest generation ever. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> There's no generational bias here. No, no, none, none. none. Um, that's a funny thing to think about. Shout out to CSO. <laughs> <on laughs> we don't have to go down bias. that path,
0: but that's a, yeah. that's a It's a it's a it's a fun hypothesis. But just that. how
2: like neurologically linked our memory is to music, and like the music of our generation, yeah. just to be like. In your old folks home one day and they're they're gonna have six speaker technology at that time i
1: mean well, sonos is already just killing yeah. it so that's but gonna just be add, another level
2: add years to that yeah. and it's all gonna have like neon lights and so we'll just
1: look at how differently we age today like i don't know if y'all seen that uh there's like two pictures on instagram or wherever and it's like the Golden Girls, and then it's uh, the Sex and the City cast. At, oh, like they're at and, the same age, yeah. And it was yeah. it was them at the same oh, age. Wow. And I mean, truly, like the Golden Girls did look like they were ninety, and the Sex and the City cast looked like they were forty. Right. I mean, it was. I think they were actually fifty, but yeah. it, it was wild. Like, oh yeah, they looked so much older, no doubt.
2: And there's a whole fascinating topic of like longevity science. Yeah, that you know.
1: Absolutely. I'm sure
2: y'all will have somebody who knows about that. Something more about body. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we might hit a buck forty and still be relatively upright and mobile.
0: Yeah. No, is there's a deeper understanding of sort of what are the root causes of aging. And yeah. Like I would be what down What happens for at the DNA long level life, and-
1: like biblical yeah. level.
2: I don't need to live forever. 995 for ever,
1: but years. The question later. is is like, are you willing to live <laughs> I actually a lifestyle don't know That yeah, sort yeah. Of requires that. Yeah. I don't know if I want to live nine hundred and ninety-five years. That might be. I would take like,
2: 120, though.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'd be good. I'd be here for a good 120. It yeah, yeah. depends that'd on the quality fun. of that last, yes. like, 30 well, or 40, Yeah, you know? the right. quality factor is the most important. Yeah. That's Super. why I was, you know, biblical period. It's like, hey, living their best life for I don't know. A long those time. last
0: 400 years, like, any good? I don't know. Yeah, that's a good
1: question. <laughs> yeah. No one really talked about their work-life balance back then. <laughs> I
2: think they probably had really great work-life balance.
1: So you've then. got, you've got, uh, like, a verbal
0: agreement from this, like, wild i'm calling him an alchemist just because i'm gonna try some 2b
1: please just, do this is happening blow yeah. the glass
0: out yeah. uh oh, no, this time no, oh <laughs> you've learned <laughs> your lesson tea.
2: yes and thank you for shaking it so you'll see in the bottle it's i don't know any other bottle that has this so it's distilled from corn um and then they blend it with the maceration of whole lemons ginger cumin saffron just like
0: Mm. A plus. A very bright like uh combination.
2: Yes. It's like I tell people it's like if you took a lemon grove and a Mediterranean spice garden and just made them have a baby.
1: I'm so excited right now. Like (laughs) this is is sorry, it's not
2: cold. Like you know, this is
1: our first time on the show to
2: imbibe have a
1: beverage. (gasps) Well, this depends because you guys cracked open oh uh, second time second time we're actually on a roll now this well, is this kind is, of becoming a good. new part of the experience wow that smells <laughs> wh- wait what did you call it it's herbaceous. a mystery yeah this is though. herbaceous yeah. Smell yeah this is oh my gosh i i just want to keep smelling this hold on <laughs> For, is there a candle for not watching this episode? I just want make you to know that with it. you should yeah. be just get some 2B60 original. I have no idea where you buy it, but specs, Catherine can probably help mine, you out. It's you out know? there, specs. Yeah, we'll put it in. Yeah, we'll put wow. it in the show We're notes. out here.
2: Um, that
1: smells insane. Like yeah. you just want to keep
0: smelling, you can't stop. Because what's funny too is at least for me like I smelled it three times it smells different every time like you pick up like different and notes, I just is it sort of yeah, like I can like taste it, it now, I can like, taste it in
1: my mouth just from it's the It's almost
0: like the first wave Whoa. is like like binds those receptors right. and then the next wave like it yeah. prioritizes That's so
2: else. funny you say that because I feel like
1: Catherine needs to smell it even though she smells it all the time cuz like we you know we're doing yes. an aroma ta- an, 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 we're doing an aroma tasting right now this is our first aroma tasting on the show.
2: Oh my gosh, that brings back so many memories.
1: <laughs> Lots of Rihanna memories, I hope.
2: Tons. Just Umbrella beautiful. A,
1: Ella, Ella, Sonic. Sonic uh, How much should I be pouring? Is that like a sufficient really amount? That's good to
2: start. Um, you know, it's great mixed with like Topo Chico, <sighs> soda water. You know, it's best cold, but it it's, it'll hit you no matter what.
1: <laughs>
2: I mean, right? <gasps> what does that even feel like? <laughs>
1: Herbaceous wonder (laughs) and neurostorms collectively erupting through the serendipity of the universe of my imagination somewhere on the edge of existence. (laughs) I think that's what it feels like. There's probably more, but I'm gonna go with that for now. I can't quite encapsulate the same way that Catherine did, but
2: that's one of my favorite reactions I've ever heard. And I've I've tasted a lot of people on, on this this drink. Why, right, thank you. I <laughs> think You're that welcome. is a huge compliment. Thank
1: you. Whoa, this is insane.
2: Isn't it wild?
1: Oh my gosh. It's so good.
2: Right. And uh you know, and that's not even dressed up. Um that's just to be yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's like some like, mm mm-hmm.
1: Mhm. Yeah. I feel like cuz you know, Tyler and Taylor do the Gillespie mule. Yeah. Um which I'm sure you'll have some this evening with them. But uh if, if you don't Oh no, you won't because you're not drinking anymore. But yes,
2: I've retired. Yeah, you've you've <laughs> retired from from alcohol. But I'm gonna
1: have to bring this over there, and we're gonna have to do a Catherine Mule. Yes, i
2: I my my yeah, totally signature happening. drink that I created with Tubi before I hung up my my spurs um, is Tubi and coconut Lacroix. That wow. is a free Ooh. plane ticket to the most tropical destinations of your subconscious brain. Okay. Yeah. So. We'll make one, I'll make one for you later.
1: Sounds phenomenal. Yeah.
2: But so it just goes to show you that this bottle is oh my full gosh. of
1: magic because it's and so like warm is it just kind of subtly like it it like kind of like cuddles you like a it kind of cuddles you like a blanket. <laughs> yeah it's, it's like the mediterranean it, it's like a barefoot We're sort of dream replicating this experience
0: where like Catherine, like you collided with this beverage Yeah, it's like there is something here yes and
1: i'm and, feeling it right now this evokes curiosity like right? this is a barefoot dreams blanket with the lani slippers yeah yeah and that's beautiful a really good long warm hug so like oh, now, yeah. so you, you are
0: the exclusive distributor of to be here in the U S
2: somehow. Yes, I am. <laughs> it still is weird to, to hear me say How that. How many different
1: States is it in?
2: We are in Texas was the first state. Then we got to, uh, New York, wow. California, Florida, uh, Massachusetts, Illinois, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, um we just got we're in like 14 states or something that's amazing yeah Holy uh cow. louisiana who am i i don't want to forget anybody oh we just got into or washington state nice um, hometown. yeah Boom. Uh, where
1: else back uh, to the old sp- stopping grounds washington
2: dc um illinois did i already say that you one did. Okay. Yeah. So wow. you know, but uh, That's I had amazing. no idea what Great I was numbers. doing um, when I started this, yeah. and that was kind of how it went. This is a with,
1: national brand.
2: It's get we're at least in you know a fourth coast country. to
1: coast to coast. I feel like if you're we coast are. to coast to coast, you're we're national. We're tri coastal. Yeah.
2: Um, and so I didn't know what I was doing, but I just was the the experiences I'd had, and I would say the the most important experiences I had was that this drink really fomented friendship. Um, So you, you could go out to the club and have like the best night ever, but you could also just sit, you know, in your kitchen with someone and be mixing up cocktails with tap water and have the funnest conversations, just rolling over laughing with one friend.
1: Amazing though, how it just like is firing in your brain in so many different ways. And like coming into this, I was a little bit just heads down on some stuff and now I'm here and it's amazing. And we're here with Catherine, which is so freaking cool but I was trying to get my mind to like that elevated space and like this really did like wake me up.
2: Isn't that fun? Like
1: it's really cool. Like I, yeah. I get the point about wanting to have different kinds of conversations mm-hmm. just sitting in your home with a yeah. few folks because wow. Like fully active. It, it does. It like, it. it's interesting. I really want to understand more about, I'm really curious about, about <laughs> yeah. this product. So wow. That's
2: how I, you know, because it's amazing, you had to hold a this vision. This is fun.
1: Cause it's just like, you, know. you had this experience,
0: you described it and exactly. now Brad's sort of like going on I'm gonna have to journey.
1: We're going to have a little <laughs> bit <up>. more, <laughs> <just to laughs> make sure that I'm, yes. You know, it wasn't just like a first time experience.
2: No, no, right. no. Yes. I mean, so, were,
0: Did you bump in any challenges like bringing it over? Like in terms mm? of scalability, hmm. like who, like, were they like manufacturing like cases a week and now no you know, they like they what's the, yeah literally in their bathtub like batch no, mixing no that was thing, a rumor that
2: was definitely a rumor and there were all these rumors like when you would go to bars before I was I found till all, people would be like it's got MDMA in it like it's psychedelic <laughs> and I was like okay well you know like it it feels like it really does something to you i wouldn't say it's psychedelic or you know a chemical but i haven't started
1: hallucinating yet so (laughs) it (laughs) may not be psychedelic the
2: more you dig into that bag you you may but um even better (laughs) yeah but um so so yeah it was full of challenges and i think as a scorpio we are able to hold a vision for a long time because Mm -hmm. it it was not an instant gratification and it's still not like i'm not a a millionaire lady um from doing (laughs) this but but what the experience i've gained from doing it has given me the memories of like you know donald duck's like rich uncle who swims around in a pool of golden coins is is how i feel from just what i've gotten out of life from just pulling the string of this curiosity and being like can i can i please bring this to america because i know many people who would like to enjoy the the fun and the humanness that you can actually experience by sharing this with with a friend and other people so yeah experienced a lot of challenges i mean i started it with my teeny piggy bank and i i don't have a rich uncle who's maybe gonna give me a you know pot of money like i i did this with like the little resources that i had so um and along the way it's almost like the universe brought me exactly what i need on in many different steps and forks in the road exactly the solution i needed almost when i thought like things were lost you know like the one random example the first you know it took almost two years from when hilal and i sat down to have that coffee until i got the first bottles on the ground in the u.s so going through all the paperwork and getting an importer's license you know i'm like what is it how do you become an (laughs) importer um and, and like just literally googling and google is yeah. how i did this you know like i didn't have anyone to call and be like oh hey like family business no, it was none of that and everyone google thought was, was your mentor crazy to do this you know people i told yeah. that i was like well i'm gonna like start importing this israeli alcohol and they were like god Catherine's always <laughs> off on some scheme you know and uh but so
0: just, just sort of seen as the insane yes. like you just kind of bouncing around to these different places and yeah. then you're just coming back home. Totally. Like, uh, <laughs> they're like,
2: where have you been? I, now you're – and I was just like, that's trust a, me.
1: That's such an interesting point though, right? Because, I mean, obviously our our show is really here for the crazy ones in, in many senses. And mm-hmm. it's the crazy ones whose crazy ideas aren't so crazy anymore. Yeah. Right? But now they are to yeah. be yes. 60 that's going national and is in 14 states and continuing to yeah. evolve. Like, yeah. It's not so crazy anymore, but it's those – Initial ideas that are perceived as crazy. Right. And it's the persistence to maybe have joking. It's the persistence to get them to a point where people no longer say they're crazy, but rather like super badass and awesome.
2: Right. And when things and are. You're, already you're
1: s- curating these experiences.
0: Yeah. Like now hundreds and thousands of people. Have oh, like, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing here. I'm projecting Definitely. into the universe.
2: You know, we have sold thousands of bottles. So you are right. Yes. It thousands
1: is, of people have had. And you can share this with. 10 people you might be in the millions i i mean you I, might have blessed the, millions of people with this a wonderful experience unique kind of thing yeah. i
0: mean i think that's fascinating yeah I think
2: that's and special. the funny thing is that it is in so many countries now but it's all stories like mine people wow. who found it it's it's not imported by any big companies it's all just a fan who loved it and felt a real connection to like it's special.
1: It's yeah. it's not just like another thing that already exists on the shelf somewhere. Right. It's it's innovative. I mean, it's Yeah,
2: it's a category I've never creator. tasted
1: anything I don't it is its own category.
2: Yeah. I so, was saying
0: something cuz I will say like Brad, you've got a a very sort of broad spectrum palette. Like yeah. travel, experiment with lots of things yeah. and to have something hit your lips that like yeah. is is that distinctive. Yeah. Is just like a, can, a, a, yeah. a really cool
1: I mean, I can genuinely Steak. say other than like a really lovely tea, I've never tasted anything quite this like magical and like herbaceous.
2: Yeah. Super- and you can add it That's to tea. Word.
1: Yeah. It would be great in tea. Yeah. It's, it's, super cool. it's, it's lovely.
2: Thank you. Wow. Yeah. So there were so many things where I was like, how am I going to get, you know, so many distributors like hung up the phone on me mm. and was like, you, you got this super niche little startup, you know, bootstrap to the nines like product. Um, But doors would open when I thought there were going to be none. And I thought I was going to have to fold it up and admit defeat. Um, Like one of the biggest examples of this happening was when I finally got the first pallets on the ground in texas the guy literally dropped it off to my house which is not really the way it's supposed to go i did have a warehouse but you know it was more money to get it dropped off there um so he's unloaded he's rolling it with you know the dolly to the back of the truck you know onto the the lift gate that goes up and down and my dad had come over to my house to like just like help or whatever <laughs> help me move the the cases into the garage and this the guy the trucker is like rolling the dolly back and he went a little too far and i swear to god we saw the, these pallets swing and i was like <laughs> no <laughs> i thought they were gonna fall right Whoa. off but he, he pulled something he, he was experienced so he knew how to do this doll and it was okay and wow. I was just like.
0: Oh. <laughs> Teetering on the edge. <laughs>
2: yeah. You know? And so, so many other stories are just like how you start something from nothing. Well, I'm, I'm shocked I don't have a head of gray hair yet. And one day I hope to naturally. But, um, you know, so it, it was just. I used to
1: want that. <laughs> <laughs> sorry <Brad. laughs> i used to always say i can't wait till i'm gray i didn't realize i'd go bald but it's fine <laughs> you still
2: have this you know yeah. like yeah. salt and pepper beards are yeah are it's coming range.
1: it's starting i'm really yeah. excited
2: yeah my partner's got that coming in too i'm and so ready for it. It,
1: it to be fully gray i think it's just gonna look so gnarly you got it of ice is.
0: Caps coming.
1: yeah, yeah. It's, it's getting here on the sides a little bit now like i'm yeah. so i, I might my, my happen yeah, you've got this amazing, like, thing going on where it's, like, blonde. It's not, It doesn't look great, though. It looks blonde. No, it's, it's like, blonded out. Yeah. That's and pretty if you awesome. paid
2: to have that dyed, it would cost a lot of money. Like, so that, yeah. you know, like, design and is all natural.
1: Like, Mother Earth gave you that. Yeah. What a gift. Totally.
2: <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I spent, like, from 2015, we finally got it on the ground in the U.S. in 2017. um, And just, I... I it, it took me to my highest highs and my lowest lows, um, you know, where just doing this, like, felt felt lonely at times to, like, you know, be out on a, a branch of just, like, I think this is the right thing, but, like, who knows? And it's finally gotten to the point that I'm, like, yes, this is this is working on its own now. So I'm so grateful, and it's been such a blessing to share it with everyone I've gotten to share it with. But in 2020 – one week before the pandemic, um, I finally pulled the string on another long-time curiosity of mine, and my partner and I uh, participated in an ayahuasca ceremony in, like, a ranch in Texas. Uh, we didn't go down – are, are y'all no, I, I you all familiar? Could you share ask. a
0: little bit about no. – it? We, we just need to double-click. <laughs> In odd, what an ayahuasca, ayahuasca ceremony sure. is. Sure. Yeah. Just yeah. high level. Like what does yeah. it consist of? Yes,
2: absolutely. Um, for
0: everybody that's frantically in Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: And it for those that don't
0: know,
1: like me. Yes. <laughs> it,
2: it, I definitely want to be so respectful in the way I describe this because while it is in the I would say it is ayahuasca is now in the zeitgeist, it's a multi-thousand-year-old tradition from the Amazon region where um, the indigenous members of, of that region have uh, been holding this lineage of... Uh, so ayahuasca is a combination of two plants, a vine and a leaf. The I believe it's the Banisteriopsis copy vine and the chacruna leaf. So in the am and I don't want to butcher this, so this is just the quick definition. And, and please do your research to find out, you know, the actual facts of, of more of this. But but mainly I just want to say thank you to the indigenous communities who held this tradition because it has been a part um, of their uh plant medicine tradition for thousands and thousands, like a long time. Um, and I that's I it's amazing. Yeah, and it so essentially it is one of the most powerful psychedelic plant medicines that exist on earth. And it's uh it's dimethyltryptamine DMT um mixed with an MAO inhibitor. So people may be familiar with smokable DMT that is psychoactive and and has, you know, maybe a five to 10 minute active period. Uh, but ayahuasca is a tea that is brewed by by communities of shamans who have trained in this for like most of the time their whole lives and they learn it from their parents and grandparents, and so it's very much like a learned tradition, and you shouldn't go just buy it off the internet and try it. Mm, yeah. that, that would be very Don't bad. steep. It
0: yourself. Don't. It is
2: not a DIY. I'm a DIY person, and I would never DIY this. Um, but it, the reason people uh, endeavor to 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 sit with or or to to have an experience with ayahuasca. Is because it, it's a very transformative psychedelic experience that you can really break through the veil. Um, many people describe it as ten years of therapy in one night. It's definitely wow. not something to be undertaken lightly. It, it absolutely changed my entire life. I would say it was like scapulless brain surgery for me. Um, and so it was also the scariest. If you and I, pre- we prepared for about three months. I, I quit drinking. Um, I wasn't intending to quit drinking forever, but in order to come to this experience with the respect that I think it it, it deserved, uh, because we did do it with a shaman who had trained with a lineage of shamans in peru. he He was from Mexico and his um team of of female helpers and, and female shamans. So it was a mix of male shaman and female shaman energy, which I think was really nice to have that balance. Um, but so they, we did it at a ranch in, in Texas with about 20 people of all walks of life, all ages, men and women, everyone coming to kind of face either a trauma, uh, have an experience that something to really push you into the next phase of your life or, or, or try and look for answers to questions that maybe weren't coming about through the course of your normal life. Um, and my partner and I, he, when we started dating like a year before, he had asked me, like, have you ever heard of ayahuasca? And I was like, I have an email chain going with a-, a shaman in the Texas area that I've been emailing back and forth with for like nine months, like thinking like, when am I going gonna- to. I had known about it for maybe a decade, but I hadn't, you know, double clicked into doing it. So long story short, there we are on March 6th, 2020 not knowing the world is going to close down in a week. Yeah. Wow. And we arrive, there's two ceremonial fires going. Everyone sets up their, you know, pallets in the open air in this kind of clearing of trees that almost looked like a tree cathedral and, you know, the shaman kind of starts to, to tell us, you know, that this is really an experience to go inward. You're not going to have anyone guiding you through this. You're just going to have the protection of the shamans, keeping the energy of the area in a stable state so that you can have a you know whatever is meant to happen to you because as many people say, ayahuasca is a plant spirit of of the the feminine spirit of the earth that really shows you exactly what you need to know about your life so everyone will have a different experience and if you do it multiple times, they'll all be different. Um, but it'll show you as much as you can handle to, to see what you need to change in your life. And and it's no bullshit. It's, it's maybe it will illuminate where you may have been lying to yourself in your life or what you Mm -hmm. haven't been wanting to look at. And, uh, I definitely got that. So I I won't go into the, the, it's about an eight hour experience. Um, and so it was a two, two night, two night thing. Um, so essentially I had the most phantasmagoric night of my life i saw things with my own eyes and things in, in visionary states that i had never expected to see um very unexplainable but but you know it it really was true like you really it, it busts your heart open you feel empathy for like everything um but what came to me is that my drinking era was over and i was also no longer going to eat meat it, it just came i was just sitting there i was like oh I'm I'm not drinking ever again, and and it just you know I I hadn't intended to quit drinking, but it was I just knew I was done, Mm. um and and all kinds of other things. My relationship with money I realized like while we all need money in this society to live, like I wasn't chasing the accumulation of wealth. I I it really broke me open to my aliveness, which I had not really looked at from that frame of mind before of that. I am a human person just as everybody else is experiencing this singular lifetime. And, and then you get to the point where, you know, that when the menace, the the plant has really kind of got you in the strongest point or the peak of the experience. And I felt as though, and I, I can't explain it, um, but while I'll lose this body at the end of this lifetime, it really gave me the sense that my consciousness keeps on going. And I don't know what that means, Mm. but it it definitely is like reframed my relationship with how I view death. But it's what it did the most was reframe my experience of what I want to do with the rest of this life that I've been gifted by whatever the source of life is. So...
0: You felt like you sort of like were confronted with, like, your purpose in a yes. way. Like, sort of seeing through, yes, like, the thicket of life up to that point. Yeah. and But sort of, like, seeing beyond. And so, in some ways, like, contextualizing your own mortality.
2: Yes. And it, it really made me... And I think, you know, because everyone goes through their childhood traumas, whether they're big or small, whatever shape or form they come in for you. And I, you know, moving through life, I had done it somewhat unconsciously, even though I had consciously nurtured my curiosity and nurtured my intention to the best I could with however mature my consciousness was at the time. But this really put me face to face with the fact that I was, it, it, it broke me open to the gratitude for being alive that I had not been giving credence to for one, whatever reason. Um, and as soon as the ex- that weekend was done, I, you know, I called everybody I loved and was like, holy shit, I am so grateful for each and every one of you. And, and if I don't tell you I love you enough, that's not going to be a problem anymore. Um, and, and every day since then has kind of just been piecing together that, that two-night situation and experience that I was so lucky – to get to have. I didn't even have to fly to Peru where, you know, this medicine originally comes from. And then six days later, it was COVID.
1: (laughs) Do you think the isolation period of the pandemic played a role in that being maybe more impactful than it might've been had you entered right back into society?
2: Absolutely. It was the craziest gift. And and when I say COVID was a gift, I, I don't want to obfuscate um, how deeply, you know, how much loss that, yeah. that happened in so many families. So just a huge, you know, condolence and respect for everyone who lost someone during COVID. But as so often happens in life, um, trauma and 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 big events of chaos can also shake out where we haven't found new ways to push forward in the world in, in your own life your community and much beyond
0: can become a catalyst and like an enabler in ways by restacking sort of priorities
2: so kind of looping back to the story i started at the beginning where i mentioned that i spent my childhood summers on my grandparents farm a few months before the ayahuasca experience i had gotten fascinated in the topic of industrial hemp um because in 2018 congress passed the the farm the 2018 farm bill which legalized industrial hemp cultivation for the first time in something like 70 years um and hemp for those who don't know is just cannabis that has it's it's very much like a semantic definition of a plant but any cannabis plant that has less than 0.3% THC is considered cannabis so you can grow it Um, for industrial agricultural uh, purposes. You can get a license in Texas for $200 and grow it in your backyard and have your own CBD. But so the farm that I spent my childhood on, um, you know, wasn't really doing anything. And my grandpa was, you know, in his mid 90s at that point. So I, you know, went through this book called uh, Hemp Bound by an author named Doug Fine, who's just my hemp hero. Shout out to you, Doug, if you ever hear this. Uh, And so I bought a copy. Thanks for listening, Doug. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It it basically takes you through the plethora of amazing uses of the hemp plant. CBD is just the tip of the iceberg. Um, It can be used to make plastics. Uh, Hemp oil is rich with omega-3 fatty acids. You can use it to feed yourself, feed animals. Um, You can make concrete out of hemp. Uh, You can use it for biofuel. It just like goes on and on. So I I just, you know, as someone who deeply cares about the environment, but was seeking ways to figure out like, what's my role in helping save the earth? Um, And and I think that can be a tough question for people to figure out what, what their place is in that global human task. So I bought copies from my aunts and uncles and I was like, we all need to like, you know, regenerate the farm by like growing hemp. But you know, they've all been part of the the decades long, you know, war on drugs and all the propaganda that's come with that. And my grandpa, I was like, we get your neighbor, I looked up on the state list of licenses, like your neighbor's growing hemp. And he was just not into it. So um I just started growing it in my garage during COVID. And and because gardening has always been a part of my life. Like my great grandmother who I saw get food out of the land every year. And that was how our family survived for generation, like, you know, from her generation back until we were cavemen. And, and that's true for, like, everyone's families, yeah, you know, like yeah, in this exactly. Amazon You don't generation. have to go too far back where no. that was very
0: much the case.
2: Yeah, you know, like where many of us can get caught in the trap of, like, where's my package? I want the instant gratification. <laughs> Just a little bit back in your history, that was not how it worked, like, since forever. Um, So anyway, I ordered hemp seeds. I looked into the licensing process and I just started in my garage. Um, And i had had this side idea that I wanted to to one day provide wherever my mother is going to retire. She she currently lives with my grandfather and has been taking care of him, although he doesn't need a whole lot of taking care of because he's a wild rascal. But, um, you know, she's been out there for 20 years. So Where are they located? It's in the middle of nowhere, South Carolina, about an hour between Savannah and uh, Augusta, Georgia. Okay, ten miles on the South Carolina side. Oh,
0: cool. Yeah, is there's a there's a golf course in that area called Sage Valley. Okay, that is kind of like I've golfed there. Yeah, in that sort of like right in that sort of area. It's a beautiful part of the country. Yes,
2: it's the Low Country. Boiled peanuts are big. I mean, it's it's an interesting part of the country, but you know, and it's very peaceful. But, um, you know, things like industrial hemp, I think, have the possibility to reinvigorate the economic situations of parts of America that have kind of been forgotten by the industrial age. And and so, you know, that's a whole nother topic. Mm, But that's interesting.
1: Yeah. Thinking about what are some of the things, products that could be Mm -hmm. kind of today help to modernize some of those environments and keep them. Relevant, right? And provide new economic stimulation, yeah. Because it may not be what it once was, but there might be opportunities like this that are staring us in the face that we can really use for economic stimulation, yeah. In these areas that have been hit really hard, super by their industries being yeah. impacted greatly,
2: right? Um, like that little yeah. town when when a now, bigger. Where, where are those
1: conversations at scale? Like, let's get like call to action. Like, let's get those conversations going. And yeah, it, it, and that's that.
2: what this book, Hemp Bound just like, it was like the tubie of like my brain being like, oh my gosh, so many of our generation have lost our connection with nature just because it's just how societies develop, but it doesn't mean society can't now. Now that we've gone in this amazing direction of developing technology, um, we can find ways to reintegrate ourselves. It's almost like we had to go to this side of the spectrum before we kind of come back to a balance with nature. And, And that's what long story short hemp has done for me in my own personal life through cultivating you know just to grow the first time i grew one hemp plant it takes about seven months depending on how you you can do it shorter you can do it longer um but you know i did it in in my garage through through COVID, and so i had all this time on my hands to take care of these plants like they were my little babies and what i started to notice is that you know if you garden you do kind of have this innate understanding of patience and time and that it's not an instant gratification situation. But, you know, before that, I'd always grown like tomatoes where if I messed up, I could go to Whole Foods or Safeway and get a tomato. But that wasn't the case with some of the cannabis I was growing. There wasn't a store that sold this that I could get what I was going to, what I was intending to get at the end of this growth cycle. And what I didn't realize was happening to me throughout this process was growing a cannabis seed out from start to finish is an alchemical process for your soul as a human. And it took a while for that to dawn on me. Um, And I think the first time that really started crystallizing was the first time I started growing it outside. Because the first time I, I grew it indoors because I was worried, you know, like you can get the license, but do the police know the difference between, you know, because it looks the same as as regular weed. Sure. So I was doing it in the garage. But uh, when I first got the flowers, you know, I started that t- uh, February 2020 and I first harvested my first plant in late July 2020. And I had like, I, you know, was in the Reddit weeds, like figuring out like wh- what to do to just make sure I-, I grew these plants as best as I could as a novice. And when I had them all, I jarred them up and I was giving them out to my neighbors and Taylor and Tyler and all my friends. And I was so excited to share this medicine that I grew with my own, like two hands and some dirt.
1: I had the chance to try one of the, uh, oh, yeah. one of the smokables.
2: Oh, yeah. With Tyler and Taylor.
1: And that was, wow, that was really special.
2: they're fun right
1: well actually that was the night that they brought your name up and oh cool oh my gosh like you have to have catherine on the show and oh it was the write-up on the back yeah it just like i felt like it was like a kindred spirit i mean i i don't think i got to share it with scott i told him about it but i mean that's like that's like my writing style and so i was like wow like this is like this is one, this is a dope female. And two, like, <laughs> this is definitely like one of my kind of humans for sure. And so having you on today, just to pause from, is like super special oh, thank because you. just the way that you think and see the world and life and humanity in the universe is really cool. And I got like barely a trailer. And so today, like we're getting to like unpack this in such a, a really sense. neat way. And it's. It's like super exciting.
2: Yes, thank you. thank and you for that beautiful Can you share reflection. the name of the
1: companies? That's also yes. amazing.
2: So so this is where all or, or this I, I mean is led. I don't
1: don't jump ahead if you oh, no, 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 but if it, there's like a whole exactly story to that. We're exactly at too. the point okay. of the
2: story where, where Rancho Scorpio comes alive. So, Such so a great that's name. what I'm doing <laughs> in life right now is um, I'd had all these we're
0: kindred Scorpios by the
2: way. Really? So. What's your birthday? Oh,
0: November 17th.
2: November 8th amazing wow well you know a little dap there for the scorpio power (laughs) love it yeah and my partner funny enough he was born three actual days before me so we're both scorpios and my great grandmother who was my who was like my you know, she was who I kind of called out to during the ayahuasca ceremony. It Was like, I'm, I need my, this ancestor on deck for whatever is about to happen in, in this situation. <laughs> Her birthday is the same as my partner, so it's like a triple Scorpio factor. And and I feel like she is the one who kind of like arranged whatever needed to happen in the ethers so that I was able to get Rancho Scorpio. So, Rancho oh. Scorpio is my twenty acre little plot plot of land. Um. Outside of of Mason, Texas, in the yes. Fredericksburgish area, love
1: Mason area. You,
2: you've heard of it? Oh
1: yeah, Trace Lunas, love that place. Oh
2: cool, <laughs> yeah, not many. People have you been know. over to Trace Lunas? I haven't. It's
1: in Mason. It's a beautiful little bed and breakfast. They have oh, all of four wow. rooms, and they have like a little guest ranch house off to the side. Cool. Awesome couple that runs it. Oh. Um, shout out to Trace Lunas. If you haven't ever stayed there, go stay there. They have this beautiful infinity pool. They oh, don't have TVs wow. in each of the little casitas. Would you and need them out there? Yeah, and it's just, it's really magical. I love, I love the Mason area. I mean, I oh, love the whole hill country, Yeah, but Mason's a really special area. It's, That's super cool you're out there.
2: It's crazy. And
1: land's still kind of affordable out there, like, yeah, ish. <laughs> I didn't think I, I,
2: so, you know, basically way before I had the money. I had started looking for land just to put that intention out there and be, and I would talk to my sister about it. You know, we were like, maybe we'll do it together. But you know, my idea was like, I want to get my mom a house like out near in the country. Cause she, she likes the country and I want it to be in Texas because South Carolina's, you know far. So, so that was a plan before I knew what it was even going to be. So, you know, the ayahuasca ceremony happened in March, and then I really got into growing hemp, and it just became such a passion, and giving it to my neighbors who, you know, had different different. Th- – everybody's got different things going on, and, and cannabis as a medicine can help you with meditation. It can relieve body pain. Um, it can spur creativity. It can help with anxiety. I mean, it can do so many things if you scratch the surface of your curiosity with it, Um, So in, in fall of that year, I, I was really like, I, now I really want to get down to the business of finding a piece of property. But, you know, I was, it was intimidating. I was doing it by myself. I didn't have, you know, anyone kind of guiding me along this process, but it turns out the universe stepped in and did it for me. So um, I had put a teeny amount of money into some psilocybin biotech stocks and i'm not a professional investor and so this is not investment advice either
1: Um, (laughs) we'll put a little disclaimer yeah 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 do not necessarily follow this advice no but enjoy the story of what happened. exactly
2: so in about october i put a little bit of money in my old e-trade account that you know had cobwebs in it um and then in December, I went on a ladies' mushroom hike with some people I had met through through the ayahuasca ceremony I had participated in, and we went out to Enchanted Rock, and uh, yes, I hadn't I been love there Enchanted Rock. right. It's such a beautiful, special place.
1: That's a fun little hike. I mean, it's super quick, but it's really yeah, fun.
2: Yeah. Um, and I hadn't been there since I was like a child in the '90s with my family, and so you know we didn't do a large amount of mushrooms. It was a very you know light dose, so you could walk, but it, it enhanced your kind of communion with nature. And so at at this one point, we were just sitting there, you know, everyone was having their quiet time and I'm looking at these megalithic boulders and I just had this moment where I like flashed back to like 1995. It felt like 30 seconds of time travel. I'm not saying it was, but, you know, and I just had this feeling of peace back to like some time in my childhood where everything was good. And the rest of the day was just kind of magical. And I had been looking. So, you know, I get home and I had taken a little break from looking at looking for land because I, I had just gotten kind of daunted with the process. And I was like, what am I doing? Is this another time? Where it's like, like
1: yeah. really overwhelming. Yeah, it really is.
2: Yeah. And I was like, am I crazy? Because, you know, no, my mom wasn't asking me to to buy her a little retirement spot like it was just something i thought i should do just and i was pressing
0: wanted. need yeah. but sort of the timing is...
2: it was just some thought that was coming through from the universe in my brain so i didn't really have the money even but i had put like a teeny couple thousand dollars which i was so grateful to have um in this investment account and the biotech stops had stocks had been kind of <laughs> on the creep up and you know i would check it every couple of days and be like, wow. I've kind of never had that much money in an account before weird um but it wasn't anything crazy so uh when i got home that evening i just i and i never thought i could afford anything in the hill country because it's it's kind of you know it's
1: posh these days it's
2: bougier yeah. than i it was Fredericksburg was is kid. called
1: like what like the aspen of the yes. south now mm-hmm. i mean there's like legit celebrities living yeah. there and New very wealthy people oh, my up. God. oh there's over 400 wineries in the text or within texas it's nuts and it was funny we were staying at a bed and breakfast not too long ago over that way and the host that owned the bed and breakfast said just go to the airport and just see how many private jets are flying in and out yeah. and we just happenstancely happened to go walk mm-hmm. in a park it happened to be by the airport so that was kind of cool and legitimately like Private jet after private jet after private jet on like a random Sunday in the middle right. of like October yeah. last year, just taking off and landing. I was like, this is insane. Yeah. And in, in Fredericksburg, Texas, and like not small private jets, like ginormous private jets, like just it, it was freaking crazy. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah, that, that area little, has exploded. It's
2: super crazy. When I was I mean, little, there amazing. were no wineries. I mean, there might have been like two, but your parents would drive you out to Fredericksburg so you was could go not to not good. The, yeah. I yeah. mean, you could go to the German, the German restaurant and go to yep. on the way to Fred obviously to enchanted yeah. rock
1: yes yeah i know that german restaurant <laughs> yeah. right there on main street i don't exactly. know the name of it I don't but know the yeah name of it but either. i've been there once yes twice and so
2: that was my yeah. sort of the the memory that still existed in my head of fredericksburg because it was where you would stop on the way to enchanted rock so when i was looking for land i was looking like in between austin and houston not out west because i was like that's too big for my bridges way prettier <laughs> <laughs> um although there's I some mean, beautiful the, areas in the middle of that's it. fair yeah
1: but the the hills you just the hill country is a
2: special it's special place no matter where sky
1: and i have traveled in the world yeah texas hill country has our heart houston and the texas hill country just yeah. have our hearts yeah yeah
2: so I had kind of, hun- I was like, for the holidays, I'm not going to be like texting my real estate agent all, all the time and-, and-, and whatnot. But when I got home from that hike, I had just had such a transformational experience that day. I just popped open Trulia and this 20 acre ranch with the little house, a little old house from the 30s um, popped up in it and I hadn't seen it before. And it was shockingly in my teeny price range. And I still didn't really have the money, but I texted it to my real estate agent anyway. And I was like, Do you think we could wiggle the price on this? And he was like, I don't know, only way one way to find out. You wanna, do you wanna ask? And I was like, Yeah, let's set up a a showing. The next morning, I looked at my e-trade account and it had quadrupled. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Like to the point that it would totally pay. For the down payment. That's amazing. On this place. And I was like. I I didn't even know how to process this information.
1: That's incredible. The
2: timing was the weirdest of almost anything that's ever happened to me. So I sold that shit and um
1: <laughs> as you should yeah as you should
2: and uh did
1: it continue to increase did you look at the no, stock
2: no like it it definitely did a wow. dip and it never came back but i i would wow. still encourage i still believe wholeheartedly because of the transformation and self-healing i've been able to experience with psychedelic plants um and fungi that this is going to be a fascinating industry and and there's a lot to unpack about you know, it colliding with the pharmaceutical industry. So that yeah. that's a whole nother topic. Um, and it is when well, there's
1: a lot of stigma around it and society. and so, so much that plays a huge role. But I think a lot of times that's just like any thing that's foreign to our brains. Yeah. We tend to like villainize that, which we don't understand. It's natural. Yeah. It goes back to right. very early primitive time yeah. periods, saber tooth tiger, fight or flight. Right. Right. Um, but there's like such an opportunity in the spirit of curiosity yeah. before we have judgment. Like explore things for yourself yeah. and like learn about them because, yeah. you know, like one path might appear to be right today in society, but yeah. there may be an opportunity for something that's more natural or that's right. actually better for us that, right. you know, like today we're totally fine taking pharmaceutical drugs and we have no issue with that. But natural herbs, like yeah. we, for some reason, are like vehemently opposed to simply because society has told us one is right and one is wrong. Right. So like challenge the status quo a little bit and ask yourself some questions.
2: And, and that's
1: maybe like just caveat for the episode, for those that aren't as familiar with this type of product. Yeah. You know,
2: and and that's funny you say that because, um, in my journey of, of spending an evening or two with ayahuasca previous to that, I had been through, through some of the toughest moments of my entrepreneurial journey. I didn't sleep on my own for two years when I was really, you know, getting this off the ground. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I um, was prescribed Ambien, Adderall. You know, I went to a psychologist to get these medicines, um, these pharmaceuticals and, and Xanax.
0: prescribed them pretty freely.
2: Yes, they the did. And wanted. if I had taken everything that I was prescribed, I, don't, I think I would be in the grave.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and so that was not working out for me. To, to have a two-year journey where I was utilizing pharmaceuticals to manage my stress, my anxiety, um, and the fear that I was experiencing around doing something that I had no idea how I was going to land the plane that I had taken off, built in the air, and was like figuring out my route. Yeah, And so mm. um, I completely quit taking all of those medicines completely cold turkey after my experience with ayahuasca. And I you know, and I will say that, you know, that's probably not a recommended thing for many people who are, you know, prescribed and habitually taking Adderall and, and, and Ambien. But for some reason, the ayahuasca just removed the need, desire um, to, to take those medicines completely from my brain. And I'm still wow. kind of shocked.
1: Yeah, that's pretty wild. Even you like know, the, the dependency factor reason. of the yeah. time that it takes to wean yeah. And for wean someone off of who that, had yeah. been
2: a heavy drinker for 20 years because that was kind of the culture I grew up in, in like Texas high school society. And, you know, my parents didn't really guide me one way or the other, and it's no shade to them about that. But that was just the culture I grew up in was a very binge drinking social culture. And I think that that can be pretty common in in Texas, the U.S., and other parts of the world. But I wouldn't say it was a lifestyle I'd recommend. Although I did get many amazing experiences meeting people, it wasn't something that was going to be productive for what I had in front of me, like the opportunities I really wanted to sink my teeth into going forward. So long story short, my realist, I I checked my E-Trade account and somehow I actually have a down payment that I can use to buy this teeny little 20 acre piece of land in, in Mason, Texas. So my real estate agent and I go out there, we look at it and I'm like, um, this is, it was winter. So it wasn't even the majestic of spring, you know, that later followed in the the next year. And he, you know, I looked at it and I was like, it's a cute little house. It's not big. You know, it needs a lot of work, but it's, it's great for me. And he just looked at me and was like, so what do you, what do you want to do? Do you want to like do this? And I was like, I, I had a two second conversation with myself and I was like, Oh my God! There's there's nobody else to ask. Like you're on deck now. Like, (laughs) are you gonna be a big girl or what? And so I was just like,
1: "This is your moment. You own it. it. Never let it go.
2: Let's do it." So you know that then followed. (laughs) You know a six week long process of doing all the paperwork to to get the offer accepted and you know find a a appraiser and but it all worked. And it shocked me. Like the day I signed those papers, I really just remembered back to my great grandmother who actually was the first woman in my family to own land because her husband died 40 years before she did and she never remarried because her life was really chill. And (laughs) she was just like, I'm going to stay on this land and keep doing what I've been doing, engaging with the earth for my survival. And her mental health was probably some of the best in our whole family. So, um what that led me to be able to do, you know, after I and I'm still processing the gratitude that the universe gave me the opportunity to go back to the land. So what I've really been doing the last 2 years since I've I've been the owner and it is kind of weird to own land, like who can really own nature, but I really more feel like I'm the guardian of this beautiful piece of land where there's just crystal quartz crystal that's just popping up all over. Like you take a walk and you you just are just dripping in quartz crystal that's just hanging out there because the geology of that part of Texas is so fascinating. But so I got the little house ready. And so what I this year my focus has been I want to share not only cannabis as medicine But uh, and so that's where Rancher Scorpio comes in. Like now we're getting the field ready to do our first inaugural uh, commercial grow of hemp where, you know, everything to this point has kind of been my like, you know, getting it ready, trials, learning my skills as a cultivator and, and a farmer. But essentially I've been working to get my great grandma's job back. You know, which as a consultant years ago at Accenture, Deloitte, I didn't think I was going to one day have like farmer um, on my business card. And so
1: it's the beauty of curiosity. right? Yeah, it takes us. There's a in in my meditation recently, I'm reading this book along Uh with my meditation called 100 Days to Brave. And there's this really cool recent excerpt that I was reading about. We all have like one call or one why or one like big ambition but there's multiple expressions of it. Sure. And there's so many ways, like you said, like things that you learned in consulting, you've been able to apply or just like, Maybe there are even elements of that that you applied while you were there that you're still applying here, yeah. which the expression has shifted or changed or evolved. Yeah. And it re- it resonated with me really well because I'm a huge why person.
2: I love that. Like, yeah.
1: I, th- I thought it was a really cool way to explain it.
2: Well, thanks for bringing that up because this gets me to the why I want to share cannabis with people. And it kind of goes back to what you saw, the little message on the back of my my tester boxes that you guys got yeah. to to have a couple months ago. I feel
1: like we need to like share that description. It's really beautiful.
2: And it's on the back of we should, the, yeah, those packs. We'll have packs. to, uh, we'll
1: post it. We'll put yeah. It yeah. As like a um, quote in
0: the show notes.
2: Yeah. So, so essentially I, you know, getting that land was just the beginning of the journey. Um, and so being in that place that, you know, so I spent the next, the following year, mostly out there DIY, my partner, thank God he's the most patient man on the planet. Um, you guys might be too, but uh, for my life, he 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 was game. For I, I bought a 1996 Ford F one fifty for two thousand dollars on Facebook Marketplace, and my dear father, who's a mechanic, like has rehabbed her, and, and like basically she runs like she just came off the lot. But you know, we went to That's low- So picturesque
1: that's so awesome, just for the record. It's so what crazy. color is it? It's I was,
2: red. Her name's Betty Rouge. That's
1: amazing. Betty yeah. Rouge. I love it. Yeah. In in my head, I had like a two-tone baby blue and white, but <laughs> red's also <laughs> lovely. I've reds. seen those on the road <laughs> yeah. and
2: those are those are nice. But um I mean I just cause I grew up learning to drive on my grandpa's 86 uh 86 Dodge Ram pickup mm. single cab. But yeah. Betty Rouge is a standard. Whoa. Um, she's just so fun. Like she's like driving a street tractor. And I love it. It's it's therapeutic. But uh, so you know, we, we I didn't have that was all the money I had. So I, you know, the there was no like call the contractor and get them to like make it all Pinteresty. It was like YouTube and Go to Home Depot and stuff. So we did that for a year, getting it ready for my mom's first visit out there, but you know, that experience of being on the land and being like, oh my God, you know, when you walk around, you know, outside of the house, you're like, this land is kind of the same as it would have been a hundred years ago, 200 years ago, a hmm. thousand years ago. Um, you know, maybe minus some of the non-native plants that people brought, but you just get such a respect for that. You're not the only person who's ever been there. Hmm. You're not going to be the, the only transience person that... of
0: your nature. yes wow.
2: Yeah. And so what this kind of wow. idea started brewing in my mind of, you know, like one day I hope to start a podcast. And the the main question I want to ask people is, because this is what I would think about many times out there on that land, is not only the indigenous people, the the Comanches, the Lipan Apaches were, were some of the, the tribes that um, called that land home. But, um, you know, the people who came to the U.S. seeking better lives with whatever information they were told about what the new world was to leave, you know, where your home is, is a crazy, you know, thing for most people to do. And just that compassion of, you know, morality aside, so many humans have have struggled to to create better lives for themselves and, and their descendants by by following their curiosity. And and it can be so messy, you know, but we have this opportunity, I feel like of our generation is the first generation that's really had the technology to communicate with everyone around the world And and the abundance, if you're lucky enough to have it in this moment, to think back, to take a pause and to think back to your lineage and your ancestral line and how it's crisscrossed with the ancestral lines of so many other cultures and to think back and so the the kind of thread uh question is is if you think about how to design the future can you do due diligence to that to design a future that's fair for everyone whether it's 10,000 years from now that we get there or a thousand like to take the time pressure off of it but to dream of a beautiful future where everyone has a home, everyone can have food and shelter, and and the things that constitute human dignity. We will be able to, if we collaborate as a human species, and we're now starting to get the technology to be able to do that, we just have to piece it together, um, that one day that will be possible. Like, I just know as a human species, we're creative enough to create that reality. I don't know when it's going to be. But I do think that a fascinating beautiful way to get there is to think about not only your own life definitely to start with your own life and to think what your childhood was like who were your parents how did they come together what were the realities of their cultures their financial situations the economic pressures the societal pressures that that created who you are and not to blame them for anything that may have been unideal in your life although that may be something you need to go through but to then do that to the generation behind them, like their their parents, your your grandparents and your great-grandparents, and to kind of issue compassion through marinating or meditating on what their life realities were like. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you can learn so much through that just like contemplative process. And then that almost builds like seeds of reverence in you. So that as you, when you start to really pay attention to your own aliveness and what you actually can do with it and that we are now stewards of so many gifts of their sacrifices. Um, You know, be they moral or not, whatever happened in your family line, we now are sitting in this room with things that capture our images, things that capture our voices, and we can start to share our lives with other people in ways that we can actually dream and think in a hundred years, it's unacceptable for people to be um, you know, to, to have unfairness in their life because of the color of their skin or the languages they speak or their sexual preference. A- and so many other things are not right in the world. I think we can architect a beautiful future through the inheritance of everything our ancestors have sacrificed for us to be here. And so to loop that back to cannabis... What I gained from the knowledge of growing my own medicine, and, and mostly I just use CBD now, even though THC is a fantastic medicine for for many things. Um, but to grow a seed that's so tiny, and if you put it in the ground and you give it a little love and you work with the earth and you work with the seasons and you start to pay attention to the seasons and you start to see how your life is is growing along with this plant. And at the end, through however many moons it's taken you to get to the flower, you then take the medicine that the earth grew and you nurtured. It's an alchemical process that helps you learn how to develop self-love, which I think is a really grounding thing to have in your life that can connect you back to all of the people that are in your your line, and all. And then you start to look at other people with that same perspective of like anyone you meet on the street. The fact that they're here means everyone in their lineage like dodged the saber tooth tiger, whatever it is they survived.
0: Against the odds.
2: Against the odds. And to the message that's on the back of my packaging, essentially it's an invitation to say, what would the world be like if we all tried to, in whatever way, you don't need to live on a farm, you don't need to even have a yard, you can do it in a planter. To become gardeners, of your own life so that as a society, as humanity, as a species, we can one day become gardeners of the earth. Because as we see with technology, there's a light side and a dark side and humans are apex predators, but we're also capable of intense love and empathy and creativity. We have so much going on in our brains. It it can really spin us out into so many directions, but if we connect it to our heart through learning self-love, it's a much safer way to utilize the full package of what a human can do especially when we start collaborating and so to wrap this up my invitation is to start thinking about as a species if we we know that we're the most powerful animal that's ever lived we can destroy this planet and we're we're doing that in many ways but that also means if things are you know poles and polarity if we can destroy it, we can also be the saviors. What other species has p- opposable thumbs that could create technology to d- deflect an asteroid? You know, And so that's kind of the being out on the land, going into my own versions of you know, crazy and, and meditative states and hanging out in nature. My invitation through these products I'm creating by sharing the cannabis I'm growing, each package comes with a cannabis seed. So yeah, I'd love for you to buy my stuff because it's good and I like it and I put my heart into it. But what my real invitation is, is to become a gardener of your mind, of your heart, of your life, so that we can all, if it takes a thousand years, I think we can do it quicker. But if we can become gardeners of the earth as a species, as we grow green technologies, as we give everyone the space to live a peaceful life, I think that's going to be a fascinating possibility for humanity and so that's kind of where i'm at right now is just how can i use my little gift i don't have jeff bezos money but i have so much heart and i put that into the plants i grow and on my social media i'll be helping people showing people like how you put that seed in the ground and how in a few months you can get your own flower and so yeah that's kind of what i've been up to
0: Catherine, uh, you're an incredible storyteller. This has been like, uh, really amazing. Like I can't believe it's been like
1: an Same. hour and a half. I don't, like, yeah, yeah, I yeah, don't know what, it's, yeah.
0: I mean, we're,
1: we're close to two hours.
0: Yeah. It's, I don't think it's ever happened before. Like I'm just sort of like sitting here, like just, like, uh, <laughs> the, 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 this invitation and just this experience that you've created, uh, is just a really beautiful thing. And just Thank like you. really, uh, it has been just like an absolute privilege to like, be here and to hear your perspective and there's just oh. so it's like hard i feel like we're i want to like kind of close it out we don't have to like stop talking but yeah like yeah I've, I've, that's I've, that's my story <laughs> well, i've gotten
2: to the end of, i love of like my... the, i mean
0: it was just uh yeah it was just beautiful i don't know how
1: else to to describe it yeah again. i'm gonna go with beautiful yeah. Yeah. oh thank and y'all magical and serendipitous and it's lovely
0: and we've got this challenge in season two of coming up with a question for the audience to sort of consider and you've kind of yeah. posited one in the sense you've yeah, got kind of you've, this invitation you've kind of done that and so and, i don't know if there's
1: much to build on from that sense or if uh, if we just i just want to expand a little bit on it maybe because it's focused which i love however you know we have people of all kinds of kinds and so i want to take the spirit of. What you shared, Catherine, and kind of say, How could you be a gardener of your boldest ambitions?
2: Oh, I love that.
1: And so, I think that's our question for this episode you know, to come up with something tangible, that yeah, and actionable. Yeah, that you can go and do. Yeah, it's been fun because we don't pre plan the question for each okay. episode. Oh, it just, cool. it just has to come up Try during the conversation, it kind of and as it comes up, we ask it to the audience, and that's kind of our call to action. Yeah, Except for our call to action isn't a statement, it's a question because. It's curiosity. We yeah. don't want to give answers. We want to ask questions. And so, oh, I love. that. So yeah. So how could you be a gardener of your boldest ambitions? I love that because it requires and take that some onward. Like reflection. You know, th- there's th- there's a spirit that we've kind of wrestled with of like curiosity, is like just beyond the edge of the universe. Mm-hmm. And this today has been a story of, I feel like being just beyond the edge of the universe, just beyond the constraints of what we see
2: uh-huh.
1: to what we believe, and to kind of be be bold enough to just peer over that edge and look or to walk to that edge and and peer over and look and see like what's there and the courage and the the trust and faith
0: that like that that new as that new horizon rolls in and as that and the persistence yeah that that there is something there that's coming and that that in many ways that can be
1: new and exciting and beautiful i love that there's maybe there's always something there just are we you know willing and brave enough to peek over the edge of the universe and see what's there for that us courage to let it
0: sort of roll yeah. in. Cause it's, it, you know, I love wow. the, the phrase that, you know, the, the only constant is change. Like oh, there's always yeah. something that's sort of coming. And so, yeah. um, so I like the, like having to identify like that, what that bold ambition is, uh, to be able to sort of come up with that, that actionable stuff yeah. to sort of cultivate and garden. There.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And like you were just saying, it can be scary to chase your curiosity to the edge of what you may know. But I think if I can speak from my experience, even if you are at, you know, a place that you have never been, you're at your edge of your fear, somehow the universe will always meet you with the step that you need next. And so I think being a gardener of your curiosity and finding an intention, like, I, my definition of magic is it's aligned intention plus time. If you find your intention and you try and align with it and you just let time work and you let the universe bring it to you, magic will happen. And so to start to kind of, you know, get your sea legs of learning to surf, uh, you know, uncertainty, but having the faith to change, to chase curiosity You'll start to see that the universe just avails the path hmm. as you go.
0: There's something in like like the the purpose yeah. of life is like yeah. uh
1: I heard it described recently sprinkled as in as life's energy. That's that's what we all have. We have so much of life's energy and we get to it's like our currency and we get to give that every day in yeah. different ways. And we have so much to give, and we should be really intentional about how we give it. It was kind of a correlation to like viewing your relationship with money differently as well. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I see money as fuel for advancing purpose. And like sure. the more m- money I have, the more I can advance purpose. I used to say like, I don't care about money, you know, to a certain point, like obviously sure. there's a basic needs level, but once yeah. that's met, like right. then I'm not like, I'm not doing things for money. I'm not yeah. climbing a career ladder. Like right. I'm doing it purely out of passion and out of purpose yeah. and ambition and goals and things like that. And so, this idea, though, I, I read uh, The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek, and he really helped me reshape my relationship with money to see it as fuel for advancing purpose. The more fuel we have, the further we can advance our purpose yeah. in whatever way that might be. And Sky recently read a book about life synergy. Uh-huh. So it's kind of a great synonym to it of like we all have a certain amount of life's synergy and like just be intentional every day. Like from the moment you wake up, So the moment you go to bed, to the moment you wake up, to the moment you go to bed every single day for the entirety of your existence on this earth, you have life's energy. And so like, don't ever take a single second for granted. He talked about time. Like time is our greatest resource. And I don't think we realize that often times, like we forget that like time is everything Mm -hmm. and whether it's, you know, investing or it's magic or it's, whatever it is that we're trying to do in our days, like whatever time we have is like our greatest gift and maximizing yeah. that time is is such an honor to be able to do that. And to be a guardian of our time and a, yeah. a gardener of our time, I think is a really important thing.
2: Oh, I love that.
0: that. That identification of purpose is, you know, it, is something we're having a conversation today about sort of the impact of the pandemic on kids. And I've got four kids and, you know, sort of like seeing kind of what, what that sort of isolation yeah. did and used to, when you're not careful sort of identity drifts but sort of what what is interesting is like the identification of purpose enables you to have an abundant mindset and sort of allow for that patience and that sort of universal shifting of the sands but like if you're anchored in purpose right then it'll it enables you to sort of allow the things that don't align with that purpose to sort of wash over you and sort of move on. And you don't get sort of saddled with and burdened with all of these things that, because you, for lack of purpose, you feel like you have to capture everything or, you know, like that sort of mentality. There's just a, when you describe sort of mental health, it's sort of like the, I'm not a psychologist, but in in some ways, like the definition of that is the sort of that comfort of that, that ease of being because you've got sort of, clear mission purpose and everything else doesn't then even have to sort of like yeah bother you it's just kind of wash it because but then when the thing hits the horizon that you see that you know aligns with it the time has arrived you know when to take action and you sort of you depressurize your life in so many ways
2: yeah oh i well said well said
0: man uh so i i feel like we need to just like Thank you for coming on the show. Oh, like I don't even know like how to say it in like such a like, thank you. Thank you. This has been really special. Oh, thank um, so cool to have you on.
1: It's been just magic.
2: Oh, thank you guys. This was my first podcast ever. And I was so excited. And thank you so much for just being for following your passion in starting this. And I, you know, the conversations I've listened to of your episodes I've listened to so far. Uh, Y'all are really just doing a service by following your passion. And this is what humanity needs. So thank y'all for being part of the gardeners of the earth.
1: Oh, thank you. Boom. Boom. Boom.
0: (laughs) Thank you for listening. Join Brad and Scott next time on the Curiosity Podcast.